Welcome to the Loco Parentis podcast, a fostering and adoption podcast featuring former cared for children and adoptees. Hosted by me, Tuana May, a former cared for child and adoptee. And today I have come to speak to Leo, who, like me, is also a transracial adoptee. How are you doing? I'm good. Um, so, tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I was adopted when yep. I was very little. How old? I was six weeks old when I was adopted. And it's quite interesting. Um, this might not, not necessarily be fully appreciated on the podcast, but on the table we have, it was my birthday recently. Oh, okay. Happy birthday. I, thank <laughs> you. And always on my birthday, I think about being adopted. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so I was adopted six or so into August. Apparently it was very, very hot. It was kind of end of August, beginning of September, and it was 1976, and that was known as a really hot summer, yeah. probably like this summer yeah. will be remembered as. Um, and I remember always uh, my mum and dad did a little book for me, and it was Leo's story, and they'd written that I was adopted in it, how the process happened, and my dad and my mum did some of the illustrations. And uh, so it's something I've always known about. Yeah. And it's something that I thought was normal until I started chatting with other children yeah. who weren't adopted. I was like, well, actually, uh, yeah. And then there were, when chatting with other kids who were adopted and they were white and they were white parents. So, so because they do, I just mentioned that you're a transracial adoptee. They can't see you. What, <laughs> what do you look like? <laughs> I am of Sikh heritage. Yeah. I look very typically Sikh uh, with dark skin. And my parents are both white English. Um, so uh, I was adopted along with my sister, who is also adopted. She's also got dark skin. Yeah. She's Pakistani. Yes. Um, and um, yeah, it's for us, it was a normal family. <laughs> so when you spoke to, so when, how old were you when you realised that maybe not everybody else was adopted? I, I can't exactly pinpoint it. I would probably say it was somewhere around maybe five or six okay and i chat with other kids as you do at school in the playground wherever uh, and friends as well but never really it was never really a problem mm. until probably i got a little bit older and began thinking about it a bit more i mean problems not quite exactly the right way of putting it about, but not something i really kind of thought about yeah at all yeah until i got older so and then when you say problems was it a bit more like slightly I want to say kind of confused or just more slightly interested in interested confused yeah normal teenage stuff. Of, yeah. yeah yeah exactly normal teenage yeah. stuff but maybe maybe a little bit a little bit more as well but also um the positive aspect of being adopted I was always you know told that it was uh you know it wasn't a family for me so it's always this very positive kind of reinforcement of what adoption is yeah um and, and, and what for me and my for me and for my sister yeah. as well yeah so and also beginning to know asking more questions as i got older probably into teenage years yeah. why was i adopted yeah. what's the story da, 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 what da, was da. the story so the story was that my mum um had me and she was very young yeah um she was a single mother and back in the day in the 1970s <clears> i gather it'd be different now indians yeah. Uh, Indian families, you couldn't, especially Sikh families, you couldn't be a single mum. Mm. So she would have been ostracised by her 
community and family. So she would have no family support mm. um, uh, in terms of love, but also in terms of money. So <laughs> if you're a single mum, young, um, that's why she couldn't have for adoption. Yeah, just couldn't, wouldn't be able to, wouldn't be able to cope with it um, and being ostracised by her community. So it must have been terrible for her. Yeah. So did you try and find your mum? Have you done the the search? Yeah, I went back to the adoption agency a couple of times actually. Oh, so you adopted? Were you adopted through an agency then? An okay. agency. Yeah. yeah, it was. Now they've changed names a few times, but yeah, it was basically an adoption yeah. agency. I forget their name. Um, and I went back in my must have been my. 20s yeah probably like mid to late 20s and i went in to see them uh it was a day off work and they had a file they gave me the file they talked me through it uh so i found out what i've just summarized to you yeah. about my mum but also found out more about my dad and more about the circumstances and a bit more about them as individuals yeah um and then i just left it i kind of thought about it and thought do i really need to know and then kind of about another five or ten years went by into my 30s and I got in contact with the adoption agency again I said could you find my person I said yeah we could probably find them for you leave it with us and I couldn't just amazed by because I'm sure they're living in Southall still mm. I mean they're on they're unlikely to go back to India they couldn't didn't have any death records for them so they're probably still alive um, and they couldn't find them. And I was just about to go off to the States to go and study for a master's in California. And I just kind of did it for a few months. And then I was away. I mean, I've been back and I've got children of my own yeah. now. <laughs> Having a young family, I've gone, it sounds like a daft excuse, but I've never really, never really had the time since. Yeah. Like the time literally, but also kind of the emotional yeah. headspace to yeah. go back and open up that whole mm. Pandora's box again, really. Yeah. It's a big one, isn't it? I suppose <clears throat> you have to be emotionally it's not just because I've since doing this I've been I've been sort of speaking to friends about it and they sort of were like are you going to go and look at your file that social services have about you know I was like well I'd be interested to but I also don't know when I would do it because one I'm not really sure I remember being in care I know what the situation is why we came into care but I also would be interested I'm kind of interested in knowing how the authorities would have recorded what was going on in our situation because no one ever asked us so I find that quite interesting but also I'm like I don't know what I'd get from it after it I would have, I would have seen all this stuff and seen quite I don't know I imagine quite a thick file of stuff by doctors teachers social workers and whoever else and then what do you do with that you know it and then it's kind of like I don't know where I'm going to go with all of that and yeah. I don't know if it I don't think it would help me Find I don't know so and also I need to be emotionally ready, and I'm not, therefore and I I'm, I don't plan to put any make space for it either so I don't know when I would do it but yeah I understand that yeah, yeah I think it's the kind of the making space in mm. your head to be able to kind of address all of those sort of things and as you say it's what do you do with it well maybe it kind of feeds you and nurtures you into into who you are and mm. helps with identity and I think particularly with the kind of transracial adoption it's mm. it's about identity yeah as we said at the, at the beginning it's you know teenagers they have kind of mm. issues with identity what teenager doesn't even mm. if some white kid growing up in Guildford you're going to think who am I um but uh I think it's kind of a bit more a bit more when you're uh transracially adopted and you don't necessarily know your culture so 
I read things, I found things out about the Sikhs, I went mm. to visit Sikh exhibitions, I went to Southall by myself, I take the kids there now, yeah. to the temple, oh, and right, I went cool. to India by myself, yeah. and went round to the Punjab, I went to the temple. How uh, long did you do that for? So I was probably away for about a month, mm. um, and then went up to the north, and then went up to the Punjab, went to Amritsar, which is the home of the Sikh religion, found out all about amazing things that Sikhs So would done. you identify as a Sikh, or how? Yeah, if I was ticking a box, I wouldn't, but if all I was right. ticking a box, I'd put British Asian. Yeah. If somebody, if there was a box to say Sikh heritage, yeah, because I'm not a practising Sikh, yeah. I kind of know the sort of things that they're up to, but it's quite funny hearing about the Sikhs mm. and the kind of, uh, the sort of things they're interested in, uh, their religion, because the religion, Sikh religion's brilliant, it came out all, all about um, sort of anti the caste system, um, partly to do with the reaction against the Hindus who were there, and the fact that everybody has the same surname, because in the caste system, a bit like the class system in the UK, people are like, oh yes, you're von blah, 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 you're very posh, or you're blah, 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 and you're off the estate or whatever yeah. it might be. So all the Sikhs have this amazing um, this amazing reaction to the caste system. So I've got loads of respect for that. I'm proud to be yeah. Sikh. And also the fact they're very much get up and go sort of people, uh, hardworking, uh, party hard as well, yeah. <laughs> uh, which, is, which is absolutely fantastic and also passionate in what they believe yeah. in. Um, so all of those things are great. And I kind of saw all that with these people who were there and like also people who look like me. Yeah. Kind of yeah. tall, skinny people with big noses. I was just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's loads of, loads of kind of seat types around. Um, so that was fantastic. And also just doing it gradually. I kind of had a real thirst for it. But just slowly but surely, I do little bits here mm, and there. Yeah. And now I've got kids. It's really it's good fun because you give them little bits. They're yeah. like, this is your heritage. This is your food. They're like, oh, it's disgusting. <laughs> You're like, oh, dear. I'm going to have to work on that with you. But kind of finding things that they like. Because yeah. they haven't started asking about, you know, why is my skin dark? Yeah. Um, uh, my part's English yeah. and white. So they're, they're mixed race and living in Hackney. It's amazing. Nobody, yeah. nobody questions that sort of yeah. stuff. It's, yeah. not even, it's not even a question that someone would even entertain in such a, in such a, um, a cosmopolitan area. Um, but when I was at school, there weren't. There was a few ethnic minorities yeah. in my class. Going to secondary, there were loads. Yeah. But still, it was it was the end of the seventies, beginning of the eighties. So you would you would hear a bit of racism. Yeah. To your face. Yeah. You might be called a packy from yeah. somebody in a van. That would yeah. never happen these days. But touch wood, it wouldn't. Mm. Anyway, uh, you'd hear about occasionally about people being, you know, um, kind of uh, abused, thrown at them, or maybe even threats of violence. Yeah. Um, I think all of that stuff unfortunately does still exist it's just a bit more sophisticated yeah. it's knocking your drink over in a pub yeah. or that sort of thing or um and i think when you're older i kind of i think you do get to kind of avoid some of it and not be in the same situations but i think london in the 80s was a really good place in some ways but also i think we've moved a long way as well yeah. and hopefully in terms of being able to talk about racial issues and also transracial adoption yeah. I think it's a bit. I've, I don't know. I've, I still find because a lot, a lot of kids are being adopted from care, and so your situation's a bit different. Like you're a baby, and it's a bit different. But I kind of think, and you know, through this, I've been chatting to different people who know a bit about kids in care and stuff. And it's kind of like, I don't know. I'm sort of, I've, I'm torn because I do think that children need a permanent, permanent home. I think if you've been in care and you've had, I don't know, you've had. A difficult first few years of your life then I think you deserve to have a home that is um that is stable and loving and all the rest of it like just a 
But I also kind of think, I worry about sometimes kids, like non-white kids being uh, foster, like adopted by white parents. Because I also don't think people understand that I think you need to be mindful of of culture and heritage. And some people sort of think, yeah, well, you just got to love them. Well, you do have to love them, but I think you have to kind of, I think all their needs to be met. I think all their needs need to be met. And I don't think, but then I also kind of think, I don't think children should be left in the system because, because it's not right to place them with white families. So I find that really difficult. I just kind of think, but I also kind of think kids just need, sometimes I kind of think just find, one, you need to have enough, there's not enough families to kind of adopt kids, let alone foster kids. So I just kind of think just parents need to know a lot more about issues. I think absolutely. I mean, I'm not completely a favour of the legal system is for it, but my understanding was that it was the government was kind of down on cross-racial adoption. Yeah. And now they're kind of, they're not so worried about yeah. it again. So it's a bit back to like when, yeah. when you and I yeah. were adopted probably. I think there was a, I think it went through a phase of, I think there was a lot I, from, I don't know, I think there was a, a backlash against it because I think a lot of people were kind of like, we don't need white families to look after black and brown kids. Mm. Well, we need families to look after kids. And if, if most of them are white, then maybe that's, What's going to have to happen? Because it's not maybe not enough. I don't know, but it is I think it's gone back to we need to have children in fam permanent families now, whoever the parents are. And I kind of, I don't have, but then I think we were lucky to grow up in London. You know, yeah, sometimes I kind of think a... I think because um, I've met people who were adults who were kind of transracially adopted and they grew up like in the middle of nowhere, like they were oh, the only black, and that, that and I can no. sort of understand. That must be yeah, difficult. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, I think for I think parents, adopted parents, do need to know about the culture of their kids. I think that's essential. Um, and my parents were interested in India. Yeah. And have been long before yeah. me and my sister yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> came on the scene. And from how my mum tells it is that, you know, they were obviously interviewed a lot. I mean, to adopt someone, they said, yeah. no, you yeah. know, you need to go through loads of hoops yeah. and check that everything's okay. I mean, that you're going to be a good parent, but also that they were interested and they were, I was very lucky, you know, they were always saying, let, you know, what about this? You're of Sikh heritage, let's go to this Indian exhibition. Yeah. They were a classic middle class yeah. sort of, you know, <laughs> idea of reading parents. <laughs> and we'd also, the really nice thing I like was that we used to go for little meetups. I don't know if you did this with other adopted kids um, and translationally adopted We, we kids. went on a couple of picnics, but we were, my, me and my brothers tended to be older and like the older kids in that, um, in, in those meetups and sometimes we found that these kids weren't from London right so we found that they found us as just like these confident London kids were just like whoa and we were just we were quite confident in who we were and they just about everything right. and so they I've, so it didn't really didn't really not like, kind of didn't really work really it's just a bit like they, they were like village kids and we were like <laughs> city kids and we're like come on what's this is not going to work, but yeah. We only did a bit of it, um, but I remember it. I remember it fondly, and also just meeting up with, with uh, my parents, um, their best friends. Pretty much, they've got three adopted kids. Yeah, they're not transracially adopted, but that was kind of instantly a thing, and we'd go on holiday with them, and we'd be, you know, it would just be a normal sort of thing. Um, so I've kind of got sort of fond memories, and now again, you know, having kids has given me a kind of a different perspective on. And what it means is yeah. kind of you know being adopted and also the racial kind of yeah. aspect of it 
and I'm I'm never happier when you know I'm kind of with the kids and in a kind of you know school or nursery environment you see how multicultural it is and you see that they're like you know today we're learning about guru net expert <laughs> and they're like three and it's just amazing and it's just absolutely fantastic and you realize that actually transracial adoption can be at its very best something that's absolutely amazing mm. and that you're bringing together cultures which never normally would have come mm. together and you're basically in this mad social experiment that is yeah. your own life and is yeah. living in London mm. and kind of anything's possible really yeah. at, at, at its best end yeah. but at its worst end it's kind of being in your 20s and wondering who you are about. yeah I've I've seen I've met I've met adults who are and even sort of I'd say kind of lost and just they know they're no, they're not of anything it's like well i'm not i'm clearly not white mm. but i've had experiences which has put me amongst white people and i'm quite confident around that and i know that world but then sometimes being in that space people will soon remind you that you're not white and you can kind of tell anyway and then you can be amongst people who are like you but you don't have any kind of um experience of it of a lived experience so you're just like i don't know do you know mm -hmm. what i mean you don't quite fit in anywhere and i think you have to kind of come to terms with the fact that maybe you don't quite fit in anywhere or and it's not that important to fit in anywhere absolutely and is it actually a good thing to not fit yeah. in anywhere does it actually mean that you can throw off shackles of this that and the other or what's expected of you i mean i don't know i guess we all have kind of different personas but you know i feel like i've got a sort of an indian side to a certain degree and mm. also very white middle class yeah. from a family i've grown up in but also a bit kind of off the estates as well because i went to a local comp yeah and kind of all of these different versions of me yeah uh, come out in kind of different situations it's all really. right when you get older as well because you don't really care it's that awful time well, like to prove when well, I, yeah to prove anyway, yeah you're just way. happy with who you are you're like i've got to this point in life right <laughs> i'm done i don't need to impress anybody but or, but secondary school, I found, was just an absolute nightmare. It's just too much. Because I wasn't really... Like, I had problems with... My mum's a teacher as well. And I think I think when you're a, a black kid and your mum's a white teacher, it doesn't really... It doesn't really... It's not that cool. So you're not cool amongst your peers. Yeah. And then the teachers realise that your mum's a teacher and expect you to be a genius. And you're like, oh, mate, yeah. I'm just trying to... I'm trying to get by here. I'm trying to just... just Don't need the extra pressure. Yeah, so... Yeah. And then secondary school, like having parents evening. And so primary school, like primary school was different. Like everyone, didn't, it wasn't an issue. Hmm. So like, so, and kids never used to really ask. Or, so like nursery was one thing. In infants, you just, there's a white woman coming to pick you up from school and everyone's just like, that's my mum. They're like, oh yeah, cool. It doesn't make any sense. You're like, all yeah. oh, right, okay. And then when you get a little bit older, kids are like, that's my mum. They're like, oh, why that's your mum? Yeah. Oh, because we're fostered or whatever. Cool. But secondary school is completely like, why is your, what, do you know what I mean? And then people don't respect you to kind of not ask a question. Do you know what I mean? They don't just go, all oh, right, cool. Like, and even people that you don't know. And then parents evening. And then I used to send my mum around um, at parents evening on her own. With, I used to tick the list of the teachers that she needed to go and see. I'm like, you, I can't go, I can't, go. yeah, I can't <laughs> walk around with you. This is too, this is so much stress. It's too much. So yeah, being an adult. It's easier. I, I have to say that the hardest time I had with adoptions in my 20s. Oh, right, okay. School school was kind of one thing, but my parents weren't into the school that much. And the kids, they didn't really ask anything. I certainly didn't tell them I was adopted. Yeah. They would have, there were some nasty children at yeah. my school. They would have definitely 
Yeah. yeah, if you found out that your mum or your dad was dead, they'd be busy. They'd be busy having a go. You just want to keep everything quiet, basically. But it was my twenties, and it was a more a kind of it was more to me and thinking about identity and adoption and who I was, and that that can come back at any point. Yeah, it's not yeah. like you kind of nail it, but when you're older, you do kind of even even now kind of think about things or question things a bit more. And if I'm amongst Indian people, they're obviously quite intrigued by my story. Yeah. So job interviews is a classic. Yeah. Leo turns up <laughs> to a job interview. Yeah. You're expecting a white guy. You're definitely expecting <laughs> a white guy. Yeah. I think with social media, it's a bit different now because they can go on and they've like, you put Leo in and you're going to come out with yeah. pictures of Facebook or LinkedIn yeah. or events or whatever it is. But that can be a bit strange. People... No one's ever kind of you've never I've never really seen somebody in trouble if you go <laughs> <laughs> like like look me up and down like good on <laughs> yeah uh, but you know it's just occasional little bits of that so when I meet Indian people they're always like why are you calling me <laughs> first they're just interested when I went to India Indian people are so interested in like everything so they're like you're Indian but you're not Indian <laughs> was the classic thing they used to say to me because um, they can obviously tell a mile off Westerner. Yeah. body language, clothes, etc, etc, etc. And that was all quite intriguing. So I've got some, I haven't got any like kind of best mate Indian friends, but I've got like Indian friends at work yeah. and, and other Indian people that um, that we know through the family. That's always kind of an intriguing sort of, sort of point really. Um, you always yeah. have to explain yourself. Yeah, you've always got to explain yourself. Do you find yourself. that weird though, explaining... Yeah, sometimes I just don't bother. Mm. I'm like, you know what? I'll ask them a question and not even answer, <laughs> not even answer their one. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're allowed to do that if someone asks you a question, aren't you? Yeah. Sometimes you can just kind of ask one straight back. Yes. Uh, but yeah, it's people are kind of intrigued by it once you start talking about it. But a lot of the times, just, you know, go for months without thinking about it. Yeah. Really, so. so you had your birthday recently. What is it like? So I am, I'm not very good with my birthday. I find that... I find it really stressful. I don't, I'd rather not have a birthday. I think the week running up to my birthday is a bad week. And then the actual birthday is usually, well, I've got friends who kind of will make me celebrate because it's kind of like, come on, got to do you've got to do yeah, something yeah. and you've been miserable for a week. So let's try and be <laughs> cheerful for one day. So yeah, it wasn't until I was about four. So then I knew I had a birthday and then it got to all the way to was the first birthday that I ever had that I, didn't ask, I wonder if she's thinking about me today. And I was amazed. Because I always used to think, oh, I used to wake up and go, I wonder if she's thinking about me today. It's my birthday. That was the second thought is, it's my birthday. And then it took, was when I was like, right, it's my birthday today. And then the second thought was, I wonder if she, but yeah, it took forever. God, that's a process, isn't it? Yeah, no, that's, um, yeah, it's hard to not to know it's your birthday when you were little. Mm. That's, that's, I didn't know, yeah, because we didn't celebrate, we didn't celebrate it, yeah. I, I always, or certainly from teenage years onwards, thought, you know, I did think, oh, I did think, oh, it's my birthday, oh, I wonder if you think about me today. Uh, but that always, thank goodness. Mm. Um, and this year, I guess I haven't done so much, but it's always, it's always there. Yeah. And I've always got a bit of pressure around my birthday. Yeah. Whether it's just getting older these days, I don't know. But I think it's more to do with adoption yeah. and thinking about, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah. That happened a long time ago. Yeah. And that other life that I could have had. Yeah. So I'd be a different person. Yeah. Who do you think you'd be? Some Indian geezer. <laughs> <laughs> Some Indian geezer not called Leo. Yeah. No, exactly. I mean, I'm sure 
I'm sure a lot of me would be the same. Yeah. But um, it would be, I'd be a different person with a different job and a different mindset. And that's, that's a mental thought. Isn't yeah. It? That yeah. is a mental yeah. thought. Or let alone if my parents had stayed in India. Mm. And I'd be in, in, in India. I had this kind of wild dream that I used to kind of, you know, indulge people with that, yeah, treat my roots. I'm probably like a royalty. Yeah. yeah. Like a Maharaja. No, I'm just some little farmer. That's, that's, what, that's where my roots are. Agricultural, which is hilarious considering I, I kind of just see a tractor and start, you know, feeling a bit odd, you know, let alone the country. I'm, you know, growing up in like in the city of London. But yeah, just kind of rural agriculture. I'm probably like working on the fields or something, which is another crazy thought. So um so yeah, all of this stuff kind of swirls around in yeah. your mind, especially around birth. Yeah. yeah. I think sort of I can imagine like if we'd stayed with her like I would have had a completely different life. Like it is, I wouldn't have gone to uni. I wouldn't own a flat. I wouldn't. There's loads of stuff that I know I wouldn't do. But then you're like, but then, yeah, it's a bit odd. Like when you can think, well, your life could have gone that way, or I could have gone to a completely different family. I just happened to be fostered by somebody who then later adopted us, but somebody who was quite middle class. Do you mm. know what I mean? So you went to school, you went to university, mm. you went and got a decent enough job if mm. you want. Well, you'd hope. You know what I mean? It's that kind of thing. Whereas if I'd went, my younger brother had a different, he went to a different family, so his experience is a little bit different. But yeah, I'm glad I wasn't fostered by that family because they were just, I shouldn't really slag them <laughs> off. But um, yeah, no, I'm not massive fans. But anyway, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's a difficult one. So how old were you? 42? I am now 42, yeah. Okay. Yeah, hopefully coming to terms with life and yeah. everything that's thrown at me, including um, adoption. Yeah. So yeah. No. So so what do you think you'll tell your children about? I'll have you or have you told them? No. Well, I have told them. It hasn't gone in. I mean, yeah. eighteen month year old. He's 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 just learning to say mum or dad. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. But we'll we'll definitely tell him. He's pretty bright and four, and she'll. I'll definitely tell her. Yeah. I have told her. But yeah. She'll, um, she'll um she'll learn more. She's also very observant mm. on physical appearance and that sort of thing you know someone got blonde hair i think she was asking the other day as well yeah so i'm sure it'll come up her nursery is very multicultural so i won't necessarily come up there but i'm sure she'll um i'm sure she'll ask at some yeah. point and tell her but she hasn't picked up why uh granny and papa yeah she calls them yeah uh white she's mm. never really picked that up at all but then again she has a mum who's white yeah so yeah she's not gonna question something yeah. like that probably um, so I think it will come up, but yeah, definitely tell them. Mm. Yeah, I mean we're already telling them. Yeah, yeah I want it to be the same experience yeah. that I had that they know about yeah. kind of family stuff. Yeah, and that there was never a period where they didn't know, and they yeah. did know. They just always. Knew. It would be difficult for your parents to keep it from you though. If oh you're god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it would have been very difficult. Yeah. Very, very difficult. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, they had to write the book pretty quick. Yeah, pretty, but yeah, that no, would have been difficult. I'm glad you that. knew early on because you every now and again. We were chatting to somebody who told us that she found out um, a friend of hers. He found out he was adopted the day before he got married. Wow. Yeah, which we're still coming to terms with that ourselves, and it doesn't even involve us. <laughs> it's just like that's kind of yeah. I think I obviously because my mum's the same colour as your parents as well that I've always realised that and especially because we lived with our mum for a few years anyway mm. but I was always I don't know if I noticed that she was white I knew I think I did but you were just like just going to live at somebody else's house that's all that was for yeah. the first few months you're just living and we'd already I'd already been with another family anyway for a little bit and they were white you're just like I'm living somewhere else this is basically what my life is I'm free and I'm just staying in somebody else's house for a bit 
That's how it started. Yeah, you yeah. just go and stay in somebody else's house and you get fed regularly mm. and you just get looked after a lot better. And then you go back to the old crazy house for a bit and you're like, yeah, this is not working, guys. <laughs> yeah. It's not working. So they go and stay at somebody else's house for a bit. Okay, cool. This is this is what being a kid's all about. Mm. And then you go back again. You're like, right, it's really not working. Let's try and get this to work and then put an end to it. Stop. Stop. Having... Yeah, she'd come and see us at our house a bit. Mm. But... um. She wasn't even very good at doing that sometimes. Mm-hmm. She just wasn't, didn't want to, I don't know. I think there was a lot, you know, just not, not cut out for parenthood. Not everybody is. Not everybody is, and there's also age as well, and, you know, all of the issues that parents have. Yeah, I think, uh, I kind of think, now the older I've got, and I've kind of, what I know about her is she came to this, her parents came sort of in the 60s, and she was left behind in Jamaica. And then she came over to, to this country at 14 and her parents had had some more children. So there was that issue of coming, not seeing your parents for, I don't know, for a number of years, thinking that they were probably coming back and they never came back. So you get sent to go and live with them and you've already got younger siblings already. And you've come to, I'm just trying to imagine what this country would be like in the 60s. It'd be more racist for yeah, the starters. It's just not. And you come, you come to this country and you stand out and you go to the local school and you've got an accent and you don't look like anybody else, really. Mm. It's, you're bound to fail, really. Mm. And then, I don't know, her parents, I don't think she felt very supported. Because I remember staying with um, her parents a couple of times. We stayed with our grandparents a bit when she'd go and disappear for a few days. And I think they'd had enough. So she'd, we'd, we'd be given back. Mm. And then she'd just leave us. <laughs> she'd go out. Just go out. For a couple of days, and then not come, come back. Not come back. No, we got. We were left alone quite a few, quite a lot of times. What age was that? I would have been about some about sort of two. Yeah, that's yeah. That's, yeah, can't be doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So my brothers were like a year and a half older, so it's just the three of us in the flat, just the three of us for a couple of days with no food. I'm laughing because <laughs> I can't tell these stories without not laughing because it's just it's yeah. not funny, but I can't help myself. Yeah. It's quite funny. It's not funny at all. It's not funny, it's not at, funny at all, but, it's, but yeah. it's kind of tragic. Yeah, isn't it, really? yeah. It's just yeah, it's um. When I think about kind of children's homes and sort of you know adoption today, and you see adverts at like bus stops now, stuff like you see yeah, those, yeah, yeah, of like you know encouraging people. It seems like a shame that like more ethnic minority people don't come forward to adopt. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how they. I don't know how they recruit people or how. I know because at work I I come into contact with stories about adoption and fostering, and there are kind of local councils do stuff like come to a fostering open day, have some cake, and have somebody have somebody come. We'll chat through the process of how you can be a foster parent and how you can be an adoptive parent. But I don't think people. I don't know. I don't know. I think because I know I read something that somebody was saying. Black families do adopt foster, but we do it kind of informally. Like you always take in, so, so it's not like we're not doing it. It's kind of like maybe we do it's it informally. Not yeah, yeah, so maybe it's with maybe it's with um, um, uh, a brother or sister's children, oh. or maybe it's a cousin, or so. So oh. it's more like, or maybe it's like a the the child of of one of your children's good friends. Like they're having, oh. so it's kind of a more of informal fostering. And adoptions kind of going on in that way like you take in some a child that you know already that mm. maybe is having problems but because i think there are i think there are foster and adoption but i don't think anyone knows i don't think people know enough about it and know like because when we we were chatting to somebody 
and uh, the guy, the head of uh, this kind of the biggest charity, fostering adoption charity in the UK, and he said that you can be a foster parent from the age of like eighteen to seventy. It's 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 not like it, anybody can foster. Mm. Like you have to go through certain checks. But mm. he said the, the youngest people that they have that foster are like twenty two. Mm. I was thinking, I imagine me at twenty two being a foster parent. But it's kind of like you may be fostering somebody's like fifteen or sixteen. Mm. You know what I mean? So you kind of in a sense are a bit like a, an older brother or sister. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So anyone can do it. But I kind of think. You need to get the message out there because not enough people know. But then maybe people, because then a lot of people who are going to be uh, adopted of kids have been in care. And sometimes people think kids who've been in care are a bit like, oh, that's a bit of trouble. You're mm. like, well, maybe, maybe not. But they need, they need a, need a home. But yeah. And it's also sad because people who are adopting generally want babies, don't they? Mm. So these poor souls are left yeah. in care. Yeah. And the older they get. The They're more difficult, less, less yeah. likely an adoption. Yeah, is we were saying be. we found out like if you're like sort of seven and eight, you're like the old end yeah. of being adopted, which that, that's screwed up. You just yeah. start in life. I yeah, mean, for goodness' sake, that's properly screwed up. Because you come in with I don't know, you maybe come in with a bit of baggage, and then there's not enough support. I don't think for families who are adopting, and then because once you've adopt, it's kind of like any kind of contact that you have with any kind of like social service is over yeah you've got to get on with it <laughs> it's like, see you later it's kind of like yeah, yeah. You, you've got yeah yes yeah. that's really tough and especially considering those kids and you know you've known this and you know mm. going to be challenging some of them aren't they yeah and especially when you come to that age as well or whatever you know like me with my teens and union 20s when you want to find out stuff about yourself and you're kind of like that can be a bit of um it's a bit you know a lot of emotional turmoil going on I'm trying to keep it together, but it's also a bit kind of like, yeah, you need some support in that. You do, and you need someone to be able to talk to mm. and be able to explore these things, and whether it's friends or or your family, which can be a bit difficult yeah. considering it's family issues, yeah. or or somebody else altogether. It's um, you need to be able to talk about these yeah. things and take it slowly as well. That's what I did through my teens and twenties. Yeah, take it, try to take it slowly. So the the, the the agency that you went to, do, do you know what your birth name was? Yeah. Yeah. Narinda Jeet. Okay, cool. Classic Punjabi name, <laughs> Narinda Jeet. Um, so, so, yeah, I I contemplated in my teens changing my middle name to Narinda Jeet. Yeah. I never did. I yeah. never got around to it. But um, I like the idea of it. Uh, our kids, my mm. kids, they, um, they've got Indian middle names okay deliberately cool. yeah um to make sure that their kind of heritage is respected and in there yeah um so so yeah yeah narinda jeet singh that's classic punjabi <laughs> name absolutely <laughs> classic um so yeah i still got my original birth certificate yeah i came to file and everything yeah so yeah that was all there and then other stuff on a file as well about circumstances yeah what my parents yeah. did and that sort of thing so yeah, so for yeah. those who don't know, when you get adopted, you get a new birth certificate. So I got one at nearly 15. It's a bit strange. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, you get a second birth certificate with your new... Because I changed... So I changed my name as well. Well, I had I added middle names. Like So when I was born, I had two middle names. And one of the middle names was also the, mid, was also the first name of my mum who adopted us. So then when we got adopted, I also then took her surname. So at one point I had three middle names <laughs> and I was like, this is too much. And I didn't like the, the two. I thought it was really weird because then it's like first name, middle name, and then 
middle name, which is also the first name of my adoptive mum, and then also her surname. So I had her name in my middle name. I was like, this is too weird. This is too... I've got three middle names. I don't like two of them anyway. <laughs> Let's just... So then I went, like, about 10 years ago, changed my name by Depol, and then took two the original two middle names out, and now I've just got one. So... Yeah. That sounds much better. Yeah, it just feels a lot better as well because whenever people used to see my passport, they're like, that's your middle name? I'm like, yeah, I know. It's just, yeah, I'm never a massive fan of those. So, And it's too much. Like, two, I always thought was a bit was a bit much anyway. Yeah. I thought it was a bit excessive. And then at one point when you have three, you're like... I can't cope with that. Well, who am I? What, who am I? This is not... Yeah, it's a bit weird. So, yeah. All right, so it's good that you know who you... Your, 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 your birth name as well. Yeah, birth name and know the circumstances. Because I actually... I was born... I was premature, so I was in an incubator for a bit. I mean, I actually was, I was with a foster mum for a little bit. Yeah. And then, I then six weeks, whatever it was, eight weeks later, I was with my parents. Brilliant. So, but then I kind of, you know, thought about more in the, more in my kind of teens and twenties about those early experiences. And I'm sure some of them gave me my kind of anxieties, but also some of my kind of drive as well. Mm. And that could have just been from being in an incubator, maybe you kind of got to seize life a little bit more and kind of go for stuff really i'm quite a sort of doing get on with it sort of person i'm sure some of that drive is from probably back then of kind mm. of needing to kind of physically a bit to begin with but then emotionally to yeah kind of, so had your parents already adopted your sister or did she come a bit later she's three years younger okay yeah okay so already already gone through the adoption yeah. process like, yeah so, excellent yeah brilliant and how do you get on with her? Oh, really well. Yeah. She can be nice. Yeah. Which is lovely. Yeah. Yeah, no, she's brilliant. And does, has she done a little bit of search about her heritage? She's opposite end of the spectrum. Okay. She's not. She's a lovely woman. That's cool. Talk about it. Yeah. With it. I might have mentioned it to her once yeah. or twice, but she doesn't like talking about it. So, um, I've talked to her yeah. about it. With my parents, very easy to talk to her about yeah. it. Yeah. So, I actually, I can talk to her yeah. about it. I encourage me if you want to go. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah. I think, I think that's a... I think that I think adoptive parents need to be. I think you have to be. I I don't think you should. Um, I think you should help your kids as much as possible when it comes to yeah finding out finding out stuff and not keeping anything from them. I think that's really important. Otherwise, you're gonna have it's gonna be problems down the line. Yeah, for everybody. Yeah, and particularly for persons being adopted. Yeah, but for everybody as well. Yeah. Yeah, that can't be a good idea. Yeah. Any secrets about stuff yeah. or feeling bad about stuff yeah. either. You've just got to kind of be open yeah. to it, really. Yeah. So, yeah, I might have another go at looking maybe in a few years mm. when if, but right now. Yeah. Just like, you know, Life right. is good. Life is good. Well, also, also, it's busy. Yeah. It's busy. You find it just the headspace for it. It's just, it's a big thing. Yeah. To kind of open up again. It's massive. It's massive. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel kind of comfortable with. Kind of talking about it with Good. children and partner yeah. as much as anything yeah. else. So, I like the fact that you are uh, you know that it's a, like an ongoing process. There's no finish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Happy. I think I'm Yeah. A tick. Yeah. And happiness. Yeah. I think it would be that would just be another thing of kind of you know if I did meet my parents, what all that would be like. How would that go? Yeah. If it does happen. Yeah. Yeah. Would it be weird? Yes, it would. Yeah. <laughs> would it be? Would, would I feel complete if I did it? No, I probably wouldn't. Yeah. I just feel, would I feel more confused? Yes, probably. <laughs> yeah. It's all that stuff you've got to weigh up, isn't it? Yeah. You're like, I've got to weigh all this stuff up and then also do all the other stuff in life as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I think we can leave it there, actually. Thank you very much. That's a pleasure. Yeah, it's been brilliant. 
Thanks for listening to the Loco Parentis podcast. I've been Twana May. See you soon.